Hey, welcome to D Bronx Podcast. Austin Etheridge here, joined by Kevin Etheridge. How you doing, Kevin? Doing well, Austin. Well, I guess we should be doing well coming off of a three-game winning streak. Who would have saw this coming a couple weeks ago, huh? Absolutely uh, shocking. No one saw this coming, including including every member of the Broncos. The Broncos had no idea this was going to happen. Not a chance. Now, two huge victories against the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Chargers and the Steelers. The game against Cincinnati, they took care of business. Now, it was kind of playing down to a lower opponent because Jeff Driscoll was starting his first game. Um, A.J. Green went out very early on. And the team was kind of on a slide anyway, but the fact, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you remember this, but in the past, Broncos have had a history of occasionally playing down to opponents, and so I'm glad that didn't end up being the case in this one. Yeah, I mean, we looked really, both teams looked incredibly poor in the first half. Uh, I think there were six straight punts by both teams. It was like a -a punt-a-thon. It was like it watching was... a tennis match, you know, football going back. It's like, yeah. but, but it wasn't passing. It was punting <laughs> with the ball going back and forth. Yeah, but just back and forth over and over again. And uh, so great that we've won three games. We find ourselves at six and six right in the thick of the playoff hunt. We do need a couple things to fall our way as well as win probably all these last four games in order to get into the playoffs. But regardless, we're in the thick of a playoff chase now. Um, but it was not without cost and, and, and you can make the, you can make the argument, you know, was, was it worth it? You know, we lost Chris Harris jr. To a broken fibula in his leg in the first quarter of this game. And initial signs are that he's going to be out the rest of the pre or rest of the regular season. And he wants to make himself available if they do make it the playoffs. Now that in itself was bad enough. Okay. That in itself was bad enough, but Tremaine Brock, who is one of the, who was the third, third string corner. um, Looks like he's going to miss his second consecutive game this weekend against the 49ers. And to make matters worse, Emmanuel Sanders, in practice, non-contract, non-contact drill, goes down with a ruptured Achilles tendon, lost for the season, already placed on a season-ending injured reserve. This is huge for a team that is in the thick of the playoff hunt. We already traded away Demaryius Thomas. Now Sanders is gone. We are down to two rookies to make this playoff run. What are your thoughts on this? Is, is I think I, I heard something that the in total the wide receivers on the Broncos roster year to date have a collective like 627 yards or ish in total uh, it, collectively total yards and I think most and over of, 500 that's from Cortland Sutton. Yeah, it's one guy. So, I, and I don't believe there's ever been an NFL team in history with that. <laughs> you, you probably have to go back to the pre-forward pass era, which is way oh, before, I know. you know. Um, so it it is an unusual situation. It's not a really good situation for the next four games. That's for sure. We're going to find out, you know, what these young guys are made of, though. I mean, if there is a silver lining here, if there's a blessing in disguise, and I'm going into spin mode is it, it really does um, kind of force us 
to play a bunch of these young guys, and not at garbage time, but in meaningful games. And yeah, down let's, the stretch. And let's see who of these steps up. I mean, who we may get multiple guys that play well and become professionals. Maybe they don't all become all pros or who knows, but they become professionals and part of our future, and we would not have had that opportunity without these devastating injuries. So uh, it's tough when you're in a playoff mix. And, and you know, I, I suspect even with no one was hurt, we're, we're probably still a long shot for the playoffs, but it's become much longer right now. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, it's become a long shot. Um, I think we had we had a very good chance, uh, and maybe still do to a certain degree, had a very good chance to win out the rest of the way. Uh, but that's going to be much more difficult with Harris out as well as Emmanuel Sanders. Um, that puts all of our skill position players, all of them, that we use to any extent, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, all four of those guys are rookies. The next the next guy on the depth chart that's not a rookie, the only guys on the skill positions that are not rookies, uh, at least in the starting lineup, it's Case Keenum and and uh, Lacrosse at tight end. Lacoste, Matt Lacoste at tight end. And he's not a rookie, but he also hasn't had a lot of production, especially as a starting tight end so far in his career. Again, these guys need to take... Uh, need to turn a corner in order for us to have a have an opportunity here, here. We did go and sign Andre Holmes, who's had experience in Bill Musgrave's offense. Yeah. Um. Uh. When Bill Musgrave was in Oakland, but the thing that scares me here is that Andre Holmes couldn't even uh, stay on the Bills. That's probably not a good sign for us. Only had I think twelve catches this year. Uh prior to his getting released uh, earlier in the week. Um, but we needed depth. We need something. And we need some sort of veteran room or veteran presence in that wide receiver room. And I guess he's going to provide that um, to a certain degree. But well, things look a say, little grim in that room. Yeah, it does. But, um, you know, fortunately, the rookies that we're playing, we've got some We've got some good ones, right? Oh, we do. We, we've already – I mean, Sutton looked really strong against Cincinnati. I mean, he's actually leading the In the, the NFL. second half, he looked very strong against – like, to your point, everyone looked bad in the first half. <laughs> he is leading the NFL in yards per catch. I love him on 50-50 balls because they're like 80-20 balls when he's involved. But obviously, you know, he's – going to have to step up even more. Uh, Lindsey, I mean, what what can we say about this guy? But I, I looked up earlier tonight. Um, Lindsey is number four in the NFL in total rushing yards. Yep. Um, number one in the AFC. Yes. And sh- I, I have a trivia question for you in a minute. This is a pretty good one. Uh, so Lindsey's number four in the NFL, averaging 6.1 yards a carry. That's better than Jim Brown. Right? Oh, that is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That ridiculous. So Barkley, New York Giants, I'm assuming odds on favorite for offensive rookie of the year, uh, mm-hmm. is, is effectively tied with Lindsay. I mean, he's got like an extra twenty yards, so Barkley's number three. He's Lindsay's, got more receiving yards. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying to anchor in on rushing right now, sir. Okay. Uh, so 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 yes, they're they're pretty much tied in terms of rushing yards, and they are running 
backs. Let me emphasize that, running backs. <laughs> um, so, But Barkley's averaging a very pedestrian 4.9 yards per carry. I'm trying to make a case for Lindsey to be the <laughs> offensive rookie of the year, and I think he still has a chance depending on what happens these next four Oh, games. I do think he has a chance. And that, here's the thing. With, with our receivers as they are, you're going to see a lot more Philip Lindsay probably in the short passing game. Agreed. Uh, and and probably a lot of formations that feature both Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Yep. Now, there's two sides of this coin. Obviously, the downside is we don't have Demaryius Thomas and we don't have Sanders now. Our veteran receivers are gone. Our good receivers are gone. I mean, not to say I don't want these guys have talent, but untapped, unproven talent to this point. Um the one thing that that adds is a little unpredictability that the defenses can't necessarily cue in on exactly what's going to be happening. I think the one thing that they can cue in on this point is Phil Lindsay. But if you bring Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman on the field at the same time, plus you got, you know, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, I think we'll see some Tim Patrick and whatnot as well. It, it should Janibic. bring a little unpredictability. Yeah. Um, that's the one that's that's one silver lining to this. Now, now the one downside is that uh, to your you know what you were saying, Cortland Sutton uh, leads the league in you said yards per catch, correct? Yeah, he has 558 yards and three touchdowns. Not bad. But the downside is that he has 28 receptions. And it took 59 targets to get those 29 receptions. So he doesn't he doesn't exactly have a high catch percentage hopefully that goes up or hopefully a guy like Deshaun Hamilton will become more of a consistent uh move in the chains kind of guy we definitely Cortland Sutton we've definitely seen that he can stretch the field and win some of those jump balls like you were saying like that great one he had in the end zone this past week but we are going to need someone who's going to be able to catch a higher percentage of balls um to keep the chains moving to keep the offense rolling a little bit more outside of the big plays. So hopefully Deshaun Hamilton or Tim Patrick or Andre Holmes or somebody can step in and fill fill that role so that our offense isn't just deep shots and punts. You know what I mean? So Agreed. Now, now, now for my uh, aforementioned trivia question. I'm going to put you on yes, the spot let's hear here. Let's hear it. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not digging back to the 70s before you were born. This is Oh, yeah. Be- th- but I just uh, just to be clear, this will be cut from the podcast if I don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I could uh, it, 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 let me just put my my cards on the table face up. I would not I'm also put my credibility on the on the table here. But I would not have had the answer to this without looking okay. it up. Okay, so if you miss it, then no worries. Not many people would know this. But okay. first first question: Has there ever been an undrafted rookie to win the offensive rookie of the year award? No. You are correct. It's never it's happened. Never happened. Second question, who is the lowest drafted player in NFL history to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award? Uh, Can I I ask you how how recent has this been? It is, it's been within the, it's been this century, so year 2000. Or newer. Plus, yes. Okay, that is hard. So the lowest, so am am I just trying to guess the player or when they were drafted? Uh, the player. The player. Who? Lowest drafted offensive rookie of the year. Can I give you a hint? You're going to need okay. it. Okay. Yes, I do think so. Uh, former Denver Broncos. 
player. Former Denver Shockingly, Broncos. Shockingly, yeah, Denver Broncos player. Okay. Offense. I'll Brandon you, Marshall. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give what Brandon Marshall. Good guess. Very good. Fourth guess. round. Not correct oh, okay. though. All right. Who is it? Mike Anderson. Oh, Mike Anderson. Sixth round, right? Fifth round. Sixth round. He was uh, sixth round. The sixth year. Round, yeah. The year was two thousand. Listen to this. Yep. In two thousand as a rookie, he ran for one thousand four hundred eighty-seven yards. Lindsey. May not even do that, right? No, what? he's on pace for about twelve hundred and some yards. So, and I, I knew Lynn's, I knew Anderson burst on the scene in a big way, but I don't remember him rushing for that many yards. But that was different. That was, it was a different time then, too. We have to remember it was a different time. Then. That was Shanahan when he had the zone blocking off. That was Shanahan, and when you had true featured backs. That is true. Lindsey didn't become featured until what two games ago? Correct. Now, the other asterisk besides. Mike Anderson is he was actually 27 years old as a rookie I did not uh, know that he was because he had military service uh, I believe or he, he may have been a Mormon and he and he had to put in his years of uh Mormonship uh, okay. but yeah, he was 27 years old when he was drafted that's why he went so late and he he, he wasn't you know sort of a a wide-eyed um, rookie um, so much. But anyway, yeah, Mike Anderson was is, is the answer, and, and we can only hope that, that Lindsey becomes the first undrafted uh, oh, guy yeah. to win that award. We do hope so. And I think I think it's Dominique Rhodes currently has the most rushing year, yards out of undrafted rookie with 1,102 or somewhere in that range. Uh, and so at his current pace, Phil Lindsey is, is going to shatter that. He's already over 1,000 scrimmage yards. Um, but it looks like he's on pace to shatter that if he if he keeps his at least his current pace. Um, but he may even surpass his current pace because I mean this last game against the Bengals was his biggest biggest game so far. Excuse me, 157 yards, uh, two touchdowns. I mean he had that long 65 yard touchdown run, but that first one that he had was more impressive to me. It was only a six yard touchdown run, but he started right. There was nothing there, and then to have the vision and the agility to get back into the cutback lane, um, and cut up for the uh, for the touchdown untouched was just—I mean, I don't know how he saw that hole open up. That's what is baffling to me. It reminds me of—I mean, not necessarily the running style, but the vision and the patience that Le'Veon Bell has when he's obviously when he's playing and not. Yeah. holding out or whatever you want to call it at this point. When he's playing, he's got stupid good vision, and that's what I saw, uh, especially in this game from from uh, from Phil Blinsey. He just sees these little tiny creases, and then just just hits them, and it's just it's incredible to watch. He's really really a fun guy to watch. But um, but yeah, we'll definitely moving into the rest of the season going against the 49ers uh, this week. We'll definitely need production from these rookie receivers. Obviously, we hope that they step up. We hope that they are able to win these uh, win these battles against, you know, now top corners. I mean, uh, Cortland Sutton's going to be, you know, covered by Richard Sherman for much of this game. So uh, we're hoping that they'll have the uh, the talent and the know-how to overcome some of these uh, 
you know, some of these harder matchups and stuff that maybe they well, haven't had to face it, so far. Yeah, exactly. So he's got to learn uh, quick, right? He's going to really gain, and the, the learning curve will be accelerated for all these guys. Oh, yeah, but, that's for but, sure. But, you know, you, 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 you think to yourself, and even the most optimistic fan, and we've never been accused of being overly optimistic. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> quite the I, opposite. I was in my younger days, but then I, <laughs> yeah. I hit reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just say, hey, watch too many games with your dad and I. But um, oh. so, uh, but you think about these young guys, right? So uh, Sutton and Hamilton and you know, Tim Patrick and uh, Langley and Isaac. What is it? Y- Yadin? Yadin? Y- Yadam. Yadam. So all these guys are now going to get significant playing time, right? So, but, so, but do we, are we going to make the playoffs this year? Maybe. Are we going to win the Super Bowl? Almost certainly not. We're not a Super Bowl team this year. So, but in the next eight years, could we win a Super Bowl? Yeah, we could win a Super Bowl in the eight next years? eight years. Well, <laughs> my point is, my my point is, at some point in the next five to eight to ten years, maybe we win another Super Bowl. And wouldn't it be funny to look back when we win that next Super Bowl and we say, "Hey, you remember the last four games of 2018 when we were like decimated with injuries, and we had all these rookies in there, and we were sort of panicked, and and then lo and behold." A number of these guys stepped up, and they became frontline starters, and a couple of them became all pros. And now we won the Super Bowl because of a lot of these guys. I mean, that that could happen. We'll just have to wait. It and could see. happen. Let's hope it's not ten years down the road. I don't think most of these guys are going to be da- going to be here ten years down the road. I mean, you think Demaryius Thomas is arguably our best receiver of all time? I mean, with him and Rod Smith, didn't last ten years. So ten years down the road, we're probably not going to be saying that. If it's five, maybe so. And that is the hope that. Hopefully, I mean, you know, I liked I liked what John Elway said when he came on board and he said the goal is to win from now on. Now, you'd argue that maybe that hasn't been the case, but but that doesn't change the uh the goal. And I do like that goal is to win from now on. So well, how about that's this? every fan's dream. What how about this? So it was three or four weeks ago, everybody on the planet is calling for Vance Joseph to be fired. Yes. Right. Yes. So now, fast forward a month, and we're we're we've lost all these skill players, and um, you know, uh, lost all of our receivers, a lot of our uh, critical uh, players on defense, including Chris Harris. But but we're in the mix for the three playoffs. tight ends. Three. So what happens if over the next several weeks, this team, you know, finishes nine and seven? 10 and 6 maybe we make the playoffs does does Vance Joseph go from nearly almost certainly being fired to a coach of the year candidate uh i don't know about coach of the year candidate but i i certainly think if if we go 9 and 7 10 and 6 i do think that his job would be safe at that point uh because there was a lot of adversity especially in the second half now there you know the first half of the season i think is why he wouldn't win Coach of the year, but if he had coached like he did the second half of the season, I you know, obviously pending what actually ends up happening, but then yeah, then the argument for that could be made. But I I don't think he's gonna win it. But I do think that his job becomes secure at that point, which I think is just as is more important to him than whether or not he wins the award. Because <laughs> I well, think that yeah, there is a very at- real, uh, very real. A chance and probability that he was going to be gone, and he and, still uh, could be gone if they if yeah, they just stink up happen. the place over the next four four games. I don't think they will. Uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win at least two of the next four games, 
And, and I think that probably does set him up to have another opportunity next year. But what a, what a turnaround. But you got to give it to um, this coaching staff. I mean, they've done a lot with, with a little here. And uh, yeah. fortunately, the schedule makers really set us up for a brutal schedule up to this point. Right, it's the toughest in the NFL. We've had the toughest oh, by schedule far. in the NFL. By far. You know, so, and the toughest and to go, in, I think, the last 40 years up to, yeah. up till, uh, up till the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, and we six and six with the toughest schedule. It's, that's another tip of the cap to Vance Johnson. But but now Joseph. we've got so, now we, yeah Vance Joseph Vance Johnson by the way a 1980s wide receiver for the Broncos. wide receiver yeah um, one of the three Amigos he was in the, three the, uh two Super Bowls with us anyway back to you well um, I think I do think personally that uh, that he would have to win three games to really have his job secure. I think two or fewer would would still kind of leave him in a somewhat of a hot seat at least. Uh, I think I think vulnerable. Two, two is kind of a teeter totter. Two, you can kind of go either way. But if he if he wins three or four, I think he guarantees coming back. Um, one or less, one or none, I think guarantees he's not coming back. And I think if he wins two, he's kind of right in the could go either way. But. Um, but real quick, Kevin, uh, I do want to take a quick break just for uh, for a word from our sponsors. So, moving forward, we got four games coming up. The gauntlet uh, is not very intimidating at this point, like we were just saying. Should win three or four of these next few games, um, or three or four of the final games. Um, we have San Francisco is, is coming up next, and we're playing in San Francisco Backup quarterback, their top running back, is not playing in this game, Matt Breda. What do you think our chances are in San Francisco? Kyle Shanahan leading the charge. Nick Mullins, I believe, is the quarterback's name. Obviously, we have those injuries. But what do you think uh, What do you think the chances are of Denver coming out of San Francisco with a win? I think the chances are good, even as depleted as our roster is. I mean, think about mm-hmm. this. The only the, – the 49ers – lost twice to the Cardinals, one of the worst oh, teams yeah. in the NFL and the team we beat. So did 40. Packers though, in La- at Lambeau. But the 49ers lost to the Cardinals <laughs> twice, a team we beat 45 to 10 and yes. it's considered one of the two or three worst teams in the NFL. Uh, the, the the Niners just don't have much. They don't have anything on offense and the defense might even be worse than their offense. Um, I don't I, I uh, Shanahan, the the younger Shanahan, has already said he's using the remaining games to just evaluate talent to see who's going to be on the team uh, next year. I guess. Yeah. Um, so um, you know th- th- they're just hanging on, you know, to to finish the season and do some talent evaluation. They got a third string quarterback in there that just hasn't haven't demonstrated the ability to put any points on the board, nor have they demonstrated the ability to really stop the the opposing team. Uh, consistently. So, uh, I mean, we should steamroll these guys. Uh, if we were healthy, uh, I suspect we win by three touchdowns. Uh, it'll, it'll probably be closer than that. But I think the odds of us winning are remarkably high. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I do think that – I do feel confident in this game, um, even with the injuries that we've had. Uh, the rookies certainly have talent, if not experience, uh, especially when you factor in those running backs, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I do think we're going to see a heavy dose of, I think in order to get these guys into a kind of a fluidity of playing in an NFL game, it's a lot different than playing in college. Um, obviously Cortland Sutton 
knows that. Deshaun Hamilton, interestingly enough, had the highest snap count of any receiver last week against Cincinnati, even though he didn't have a target in the game. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Highest snap count, even even higher than Emmanuel Sanders. So he's been on the field, but he hasn't been targeted. I don't know if they've been using him as a decoy or or if he's just not been able to get open. But I do think I think things that you can use to kind of offset these injuries, things like screen screen passes, uh, get you know a guy like Deshaun Hamilton who is a little bit more of a quicker, agile guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously not quite the same, but um, definitely has some of those characteristics. I think getting him in the screen game uh, in some uh, short crossers and things like that will really help the younger guys kind of get into a rhythm. And I think another thing, like I was saying earlier, is getting Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman on the field at the same time is going to help kind of offset what the defense uh, thinks is coming. I think if, if you have... You know, if you're going I formation all the time, that's something that you do want to do to a certain degree. But if you go I formation with Phil Lindsay in the backfield all the time, they're going to be able to load the box and and probably have a little bit more success, a little bit more success stopping that. But if you get both of them in the game, um, you know, whether it's Lindsay split out, you know, playing the slot with, uh, you know, motioning him back in, using a lot of motion, things like that, I think is really going to be how you can kind of manipulate the defense in the absence of Emmanuel Sanders and, you know, Demaryius Thomas obviously being gone for a few games now, but the absence of veteran receivers, I think that's kind of how you have to do that. So, but I am confident um, that we're going to win this game. The one downside is, is our cornerback room is also looking pretty thin with Harris being out and Tremaine Brock being out. We did go sign, um, Actually, speaking on the Cardinals, we went and signed a veteran cornerback. I uh, believe his name is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamar Taylor. Yes. I want to say that his name mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, played the first 11 weeks of the season um, with the Arizona Cardinals. And he's got quite a bit of experience, which is good. He's got quite a few starts under his belt uh, in the NFL as well. So that's a good sign. Obviously, you don't, you know. Picking up guys who have been cut is kind of a, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you want to say it, it's, you know, but it, it could go either way. It could, could mean that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't good enough, but it could also mean that maybe it just wasn't the right fit for the system. Hopefully the latter and that he fits in with this system a lot better and plays well. But, um, but yeah, I, that's another thing that scares me is just the injuries at the cornerback position. Although. To his credit, Justin Simmons did look mighty good covering the slot in uh, in the game against Cincinnati. Much yep. better than uh, than I think that I would have anticipated him doing. He did. He seemingly looked very good in that position. Um, but yeah, and then after after we leave uh, Cincinnati, we're back at home against the Browns. That game is a little bit scarier to me because I think the Browns are a better team than their record. And they've played almost everyone, aside from the last week against the Texans, they've played almost everyone close. Matter of fact, they've had, I think, four or five games going to overtime. Uh, they just don't typically win those overtime games. So <laughs> I think that game is is a lot more telling of, of where we're going to be at come playoff time than this coming game against the 49ers. Because I think well, Cleveland's better than they their record is i agree but but i tell you what they uh 
uh, I, I'm going to call it Mile High Stadium because we really don't have a name uh, for our stadium, yeah. right? But uh, Mile High Stadium will be rocking. I mean, if we beat the Niners, and I think the fans like us are going to rally behind the team, the underdog status they have with all the young players out there. So that's yeah. going to be a tough place for the Browns to play. But but back to your analysis, I think it was good uh, in terms of what we need to do on offense. I mean, you know, typically when you when, when you lose some some key uh, front line starters, you know, your wide receivers then you maybe do some two tight end sets, right, and start using your tight end. So what are we going to do there, Matt? Look, the costs and We just Brian don't have Parker? the tight ends really to do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's my point. You, yeah. you, you can't, so you have to go – to the running backs. And two backs, yeah. And fortunately, that's the deepest position we have on offense, our running backs. Even even Booker's made his plays every now and again this he season. He has. So. But I tell you what, Musgrave, I mean, this guy, he's going to earn his money this week. I mean, he's going to have to get really, really creative. You know, a lot of fans have been complaining about Lindsey, not about his play, of course, but about his carries each game. I think he's averaging 16, 17 carries a game of late. Uh, I suspect uh, he doesn't run more uh, because the Broncos may be a little concerned about his frame and durability. He's he's only 190 pounds and what mm-hmm. five foot eight. And by the way, just on a quasi related note, I I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Lindsey has a brother. Um, Does he sign him right now? Listen, Marcus Lindsey, he's five foot nine, 220 <laughs> pounds. Bigger, this guy, sign this guy, him. This guy's a rock. He plays for, <laughs> he plays for Colorado State University at Pueblo. Okay. Uh, he is a redshirt freshman. Okay. 80, eighty-four carries. This is some deep research for the podcast. Eighty-four. This is great. Eighty-four carries, four hundred and eighty yards. He's averaging five point seven yards a carry. You know, oh, almost as, almost as good as his older brother. And uh, watch out for him. Apparently, he's he's very similar but bigger to uh, his older brother. Well, so. after after passing on Philip Lindsay, they may not they may not be willing to pass on another Lindsay. You know what I mean? They may do a little bit more homework this time around. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? right. <laughs> <laughs> you can bet your you can bet that the rest of the league's gonna be doing homework after missing on this guy. But uh, the, but to finish the point, I think I think Lindsay is just gonna see more touches. I mean, just by default, yeah. they're gonna. Have I also to think Freeman's gonna see more touches because uh, because of the situation. You might even see you you heard it here first. You might see Devonte Booker uh, playing slot receiver a little bit in this game. Okay. Because yeah. Andre Holmes is not up to speed yet, and I don't know how much they trust uh, River Craycraft and Tim Patrick yet. So you might see a little bit of Devonte Booker uh, playing out of the slot in this game. Just, just saying it could happen. You know, just, just saying it could happen. Especially he's most of the plays that he's made this season have been in the passing game. So they might say, hey, let's uh, let's let's investigate this a little bit. So I don't think it would be a bad idea. I think I think it would be a good idea to at least uh, at least give that a a shot. Fun fact: Philip Lindsay, and what I love about it is he has no shame about this fact. Still lives at his family home in the Denver area with his parents and his siblings. He lives in the basement of that house. That is fantastic! Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> and his his he he says that his mom is still who picks out his post game clothing. 
Oh, this guy, he's too good to be true. <laughs> I know. Family guy, like, oh, man, it's just so good. He just still lives in his family home, doesn't need the fancy house now that he's got a contract. Yeah, the, it, 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 he runs for 150-plus yards, two touchdowns, and he comes home and his mom, you know, just gives him grief because he didn't make his bed before he left town. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Hey, hey, getting home a little after dark, Philip. What do you, uh, where have you been? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's good. I love it though. I love it. I love this guy. Um, he was he was actually featured on you know, uh, what prime time with Deion Sanders, whatever it is. You, you ball, you get the call. Um, yes. He was featured on that, and he just he's got good personality, man. I can see why the why the locker room loves him. They're calling him the Denver Pitbull now. Did you hear that? Oh no, I did not. Yeah, calling him the Denver Pitbull, um, and that he and uh, he said the defensive line gave him that nickname, and he said he's he, Philip Lindsay said when the D line gives you a nickname, you just take it. <laughs> Agreed. Well, listen, back ba- back to our secondary with all the injuries and the young guys okay. back there. Yeah, I, I, t- I tell you how we protect protect these guys. It's it's with the strength of our defense with our pass rush. Pass you know, so yeah. if you you get you get Chubb Miller and, Chubb. and Miller, uh, and, and we're getting some real push up the middle now. We haven't seen that in a while. Shelby Harris is looking ha- great. Harris is like I think he's oh free, man, he's, I think he's a free agent, right? He's a must sign. We got to bring this guy yeah, back. I think so. Uh, but but we really really need some help and get some push uh, from as we have seen all year. And by the way, uh, Chubb is only. Uh, one and a half sacks away from tying Von Miller's rookie record for sacks. I think it's yeah, almost franchise almost rookie record. Almost a certainty that he yeah, franchise rookie record record almost a certainty uh, Chubb's gonna get that, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy. That's we gotta we gotta have these guys stay healthy. Uh Derek Wolf went down. He uh he's questionable going into this game, but looks like he might be able to return for this game. Uh obviously Barrett's out still. That is the hope. Barrett's still out though. And Tremaine Brock, like I said, the Tremaine Brock one I think hurts with the Chris Harris injury the most. Um, but let's see what let's see what I mean. The good thing is that we're not playing the Chargers this week. You know, we do still have the Chargers on tap, but that's not this week. Um, I think it's good that we're getting the 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 49ers when we are. Now, of course, we don't want the team to have the mentality that we do. We don't want the team taking anyone lightly because we can see how. Uh, how negative of an impact that can have uh, on on the game, but from a fan perspective, it's a good thing we're getting the 49ers this week versus getting the Chargers or someone like that. So, um, hopefully Harris can heal up quickly. If we do make the playoffs, we'd love to have him. Uh, you know, we may not make the Super Bowl, but you gotta enjoy you gotta enjoy the little things while you get it. You know what I mean? You gotta enjoy the wins. If we get into the playoffs, you got to enjoy it, you know? So, um, anyways, uh, is there anything that you, we got going to have to close up here. Is there anything that you wanted to, uh, to end with before we get going? Uh, no, I, th- I think we did, we did a good job, uh, complain, not c- overly complaining about the injuries, right. But recognizing it, the injuries, but, but being at, realistic about it, but, you know, but, and looking at the opportunities with, with these young guys, it, it, it's, it, you know, when I watch the game this weekend, I'll be watching it a little bit differently, right. With, with these young guys in there. I also like the fact that Chris Harris obviously wasn't put on IR, but you know, he's still going to be in that cornerback room. Right, so I, I that's his, true. He his, need his perspective. Yeah, I think he's going to help important. out. He's going to move into more of a coaching role at this point, and I think he'll be 
very kind of like when when guys. Champ Bailey was was out with the in 2013 when we were on the way to the Super Bowl and Champ Bailey was out for a big chunk of that second half of the season and he just kind of slid into a coaching role um, with Chris Harris being in that room and uh, I think it was it was very valuable just like when Brian Dawkins was here those older guys I mean they can really coach you up a lot so um, so yeah uh, definitely. Definitely be looking forward to this week against 49ers and the rest of this season. I think it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, whatever the outcome may be, I think it's going to be a fun ride. So um, thank you uh, to our sponsor and to our listeners, of course. You can always you can always listen to us on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, we're probably on there. Um, and of course, you may have noticed that Ian... Unfortunately, was not with us once again. Again, that's in the works. He will be with us before too long. You just have to trust us with that because uh, because he is working his way back. It sounds like he's coming back from an injury. Dang. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it sounds like he's on injury. You know, on the uh, on the disabled list, and he uh, he's on his way back. But no, he will be back here soon. And uh, definitely, thank you for tuning in and subscribe. Follow us. Uh, at any of those podcasting services and thanks again for listening hopefully next week we'll be uh, following a win with a four game win streak that would be something else wouldn't it so from Kevin from myself thank you for listening to D-Bronx Podcast